Gabriel will be doing shows in Chicago this week. You know Chicago. The Windy City. City of Big Shoulders. Kai Town. The 312. The Big Onion. The Heart of America. The City by the Lake. Hogwarts to the World. You know. Chicago. October 16th to 22 Gabriel will be at Zany's. October 23rd to 26 at Zany's in Rosemont. For more info and for all of Gabriel's show dates go to GabrielRutledge.com. It's time to relax, laugh, and learn nothing. Episode 42 of Happiness Isn't Funny with Gabriel Rutledge starts right now. And now here's your host, Gabriel Rutledge. Check, check, one, two. I say pod, you say cast, pod. But... Nothing. Uh, we're rolling early. Oh, this is early on a Monday at home. Just uh, got the kids off to school. Just got the wife off to school. Uh, working. She's not doing like a Billy Madison thing. Just me and the cats. Buddy. Don. This is their hard sleep time. They're exhausted from being a pain in the ass starting at 4 a.m. Just, I mean, knocking glasses off for the nightstand, meowing, biting my hand. They're, they're assholes. Little, furry assholes. But I love them. Those are my boys. Parents always, <laughs> parents always say that, like, that's pretty crazy around here, but I wouldn't change a thing. That's ridiculous. I I would change a couple of things. You know? It's crazy around here, but I could stand with people shutting the fuck up occasionally. It's really fucking loud here. I love them, but... But yeah, pod, uh, got a podcast early today. I mean, look, sure... I could be doing the dishes, maybe folding some laundry, but uh, I got a podcast, okay? I wish I had time for chores. Life of a professional podcaster, you know? Uh, Actually, I have to go get my cracked iPhone fixed here in a little bit. Yeah, playing hurt today, cracked iPhone. It wasn't even like... A thing that should have cracked it. I was in a bathroom in Royal City, Washington. Kind of fell out of my pocket. It did not fall in the in the urinal. That was nice. But uh you know, nice linoleum floor. Didn't fall that far. Landed on the back. I don't know, it just landed in the right way that it uh it cracked it. You know, iPhones are like people. Like sometimes uh Life uh, gives you a hard fall, and you don't even feel it. And then sometimes uh, something little will happen, and it breaks you. But actually, I actually do feel that way. Like, so, you know, sometimes your aunt dies, and you're like, ah, she had a good run. Death is part of life. And then you see, like, a 
squished butterfly in a windshield. And you're like, God damn it, life is pain. It's just pain. You never know. You never know what's going to crack you. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, you walk past people living in tents, and you go, mm, yeah, I'm going to kind of shut off my emotions about the reality of people living in tents on the street. And then you watch a commercial, and you go, God damn it, I should call my mom. She doesn't even need tampons anymore, but this commercial got me. There's a Dinosaur Jr. song. Boy, I didn't think I'd be breaking into the Dinosaur Jr. Uh, this early into the podcast. You guys remember the 90s? Oh, what is it now? 2001? You guys remember the 90s? Wasn't that long ago? Uh, there's a band called Dinosaur Jr. Still a band. They have a song. I don't know exactly what it's about. In the video, they played golf in the city. Uh, but most of the lyrics are, uh, I feel the pain of everyone, and then I feel nothing. I think about that sometimes, because that's how I feel. It's either you feel the pain of everyone, or you feel nothing. I'm not sure if that's what Dinosaur Jr. was going for, but you know they're not here to defend their song. choose between feeling the pain of everyone and feeling nothing, I'm going to go with nothing. Thanks, alcohol. So, yeah, got to get my iPhone screen fixed. 80 bucks, I think, according to the guy. I didn't need that right now. My finances are a bit of a cracked iPhone right now. I'm, I guess I'm saying, uh, you know, a cracked iPhone screen is my spirit object right now. You hear a lot of talk about spirit animal. I actually saw something recently where we're not supposed to say spirit animal anymore because it's, uh, it's insulting uh, to Native American people, American Indians. I don't know if that's true. Maybe a white person wrote it. I'm not sure. I mean, if anyone said something, dis I, I don't have a voice anymore. I thought I did a little bit, but, you know, I looked at 23 and me and no, no. I have a less than a 1% stake in the spirit animal debate. If you have something to say about Finnish people, do you have any Scandinavian spirit animals? I'm 12% offended. I learned that. I do know that. You know who should be offended by spirit animals? Is animals. Because humans always pick like an eagle, a wolf. A wolf is my spirit animal. Really, Gary? 
pudgy guy who works in accounting. That's your spirit animal. Oh, you're an eagle? No one ever picks a realistic spirit animal. No one's ever like, I think my spirit animal's a dung beetle. I shovel shit, but I'm a good worker. You know, you make the best of it. Look how round I got this shit. But I don't think, you know, your spirit object seems like it would be less offensive. Maybe it's more offensive. I don't know. But a, cr a cracked iPhone, you know, we all, you know, it still works. It just, you know, clearly has been through some shit. That's the object that sums me up sometimes. Or, you know what? You don't want to, like, uh, you want to use some butter, but it's really hard and cold. And so you're like, I'm going to put it in the microwave and loosen it up a little bit. And then you leave it in too long, and it's like half melted in this giant pool. So you sort of like liquid butter, whatever you're trying to do, and then you go back an hour later, and it's just like this half melted, deformed, hard again butter. That's also my spirit object. Melted butter that got hard again. That's how I feel inside all the time. Have you ever heard someone say uh, caps lock is how I feel inside all the time? Well, if you have, you probably got it from my buddy Shane, who I was in a band with for a while, went to high school with. Uh, my buddy Shane, he uh, – it's just so crazy because he is not a comedian. He works in IT in the Bay Area. I say IT because it's – I don't fucking know. It's a computer job, which either – I don't know what it means. You're a data scientist or you work at Radio Shack. I work with computers. Are you a programmer? No, I clean them. Uh, he, yeah, I don't know. He's got some good job. I think he works for Stanford. So, uh, But uh, he made this, uh, this, this website called Lewis vs. Rick. And it was basically... Uh, a man who taught his cat to instant message. So Rick, the human, is at work, and Lewis, the cat, is like instant messaging him all day. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. And uh, there was one particular uh, episode. This was not like – this is just like screenshots. This was not animated or anything uh, where, uh, you know – Lewis accidentally had it on caps lock and Rick was telling him and he said, the cat said, caps lock is how I feel inside Rick all the time. Uh, but this is what's crazy. This is why I bring up that he's not a comedian because I know all these comedians who are writing scripts and doing things and trying to get management and trying to pitch shows. And my friend Shane, who plays guitar and bass, and does computer stuff. Like this thing took off. And like I think it was like the Disney Channel or something. They like approached him and wanted to make a show out of it. And he said okay but I don't really want anything to do with it. Because he didn't want to spend that much time 
I'm paraphrasing, and I haven't talked to Shane in a while, but he was like, yeah, you can do it. I'll, you know, give me money if it becomes a show, but I don't have time to, like, make this a show. Uh, I don't know if he got any money. I hope he did, but that's so crazy to me. Uh, and uh, it never became a show. But guess what did? Dog with a blog. Dog with a blog was on uh, the Disney Channel for a couple years. Which, oh. What a coincidence. Which is just so, you know, I complain because someone memed my stupid meatloaf joke. My friend Shane had like a viral web series about a cat with instant messenger. And they basically just were like, let's make a dog with a blog. And give him no money. Uh, anyway, I only bring this up because uh, I'm working on a new show uh, about a goldfish with Instagram. Uh, it's called Instapet, and uh, it's going to be pretty big. Disney will probably steal that idea from me and make a show about a turtle with Snapchat. Called Snapping Turtle. My son, my firstborn, my 17-year-old, Johnny, uh, he's taking Spanish this year, his junior year of high school, uh, which is good. He was talking about different languages, and I'm like, Spanish is like, that's our second language as a nation. I wish I spoke more of it. I, you know, I speak Paquito. Uh, you know, and most of that I learned from working in a restaurant. Uh, so I know that, like, if you drop a dish or something and you go, puta madre. Uh, <laughs> which I think it's kind of like saying son of a bitch. It's like, fuck your mom, but it's not really fuck your mom. It's although the Mexican guys I worked with, they were like, yeah, don't say that around people who are from like South America. Cause it kind of does mean fuck your mom there. Anyway, maybe I shouldn't say it. Uh, but yeah, my son was taking Spanish and he was telling me how, uh, (laughs) I just, I can't believe this is still like a thing people laugh at, but he was saying how, uh, the, you know, they're going over numbers, uh, and they went over the number 69, which, how do you say 69 in Spanish? Alexa? How do you say 69 in Spanish? 69 in Spanish is 69. 69. Why did Alexa like tap out and let uh, Rosalita do that? By Did you hear that, by the way? Alexa? How do you say 69. I pronounce that 69, but I'm always working on how I say things, and I might not have it right. I forgot to say in Spanish. <laughs> Alexa, how do you say 69 in Spanish? 69 in Spanish is... 69. All right, that's a different lady. Alexa, how do you say 69 in 
German. 69. In German is. 69. I don't even, I mean, I just heard how to say it in German. And I, no, that sounds like someone falling down the stairs. That's so weird, though. I didn't know Alexa tapped out for other languages. Let someone else handle it. Alexa, is it offensive to say you have a spirit animal? Offensive definitions are substituting a mild term for a harsher or distasteful one, giving no offense and not causing anger or annoyance. Alexa doesn't get me. Alexa, complete this sentence. Wynum, Dynum, and... Sorry, I'm not sure. <laughs> Nerd. 69 is the answer. Uh, anyway, my son was... Uh, he said when they did 69 in Spanish in the class, the whole class was like just laughing hysterically to the point the teacher was just like, all right, all right. And I'm, how is that? How is that still funny? Don't get me wrong. I'm never going to not think farts are funny. You got a poop joke. I want to hear it. You got a diarrhea story. I'm all about it. Send them in. Gabriel at GabrielRutledge.com. Slide into my <laughs> DMs on social media. I want to hear your diarrhea stories. I mean... I wouldn't mind if this podcast was called Diarrhea Stories. It'd probably be doing a lot better. But 69, how is that still hilarious? Because you think of children now, you know, not children, but teens. They're so much smarter in many ways. Not socially, but they're smarter as far. No, when I was a in high school, the things I knew about sex were very limited, and I feel like everyone uh, with an interest could know anything thanks to the internet. But they're still giggling like crazy over the number 69. 67, 68, 60. Get it? Like sex, right? But it led to a very awkward conversation with my son. Uh, because he was kind of saying the same thing, like it seems immature. He's like, wait till we get to 420. They'll really lose it. Uh, but then he was like, I mean, it's not like when people have sex, they actually do 69 all the time, do they? And I was like, I was like no, no, they don't. I was afraid he was going to ask how often. I might do 69, but thankfully we didn't get that far. But no, no, you no, 69. Come on. That's for. That's like bucket list sex. There's no. That's like combining sex with patting your head and rubbing your tummy. There's no. <laughs> that's not really that enjoyable. It's a lot of positioning. a lot of concentration you're definitely going to want to shower first although I did I did play bass not Shane uh, I did play a guy played bass in my band oh, oh by the way I should have said Lewis versus Rick still up online go check it out I don't know Google Lewis versus Rick L-O-U-I-S V-S Rick 
Uh, it's super funny. Bought better than dog with a blog, I'll tell you that much. Uh, but I was in a band with a different guy. And he, I don't know how it came up, but he, t- he told me him and his lady would 69 like three or four times a week. Which, by the way, that's probably why I brought up the showering thing is this fucker never showered. And I'm like, that's either that's a very understanding girlfriend you have or she needs uh, to go to an ear, nose, and throat specialist because that's a lot. That's a lot to take in. I, I, I'm sitting next to you on the couch and I can smell you. We're not even 69ing, we're 11ing. But anyway, he told me him and his lady 69 like three or four times a week. Look, if you're having missionary three or four times a week, good for you. Good for you. You have an easier schedule than I do. But that's insane to me. I mean, do you sleep with your head? on opposite ends of the bed as your partner and you just like alarm goes off and you roll over and start getting, I don't get it. That's a lot of 69ing. I mean, maybe your anniversary or at least on June 9th, we should all be doing it, but that seems insane to me. If my lady wanted to 69 three or four times a week, I'd be like, what lengths are you willing to go through to not look at my face while we do it? Is that what this is about? Hello. This is a commercial word for Anchor Podcasts, the easiest way to host your podcast. Um, If you don't have a podcast, congratulations. You probably have an enjoyable life full of friends, family, and fun. Uh, but if you do have a podcast, um, I'm sorry, and you should use Anchor Podcasts. Uh, it's easy. It's free. Uh, they distribute everything for you. They give you sponsorship, which apparently is just talking about Anchor. I guess that's their sponsorship, but I don't want to brag, but I make, you know, maybe six bucks a month doing this. So worth it? Of course it is. Uh, go to anchor.fm or the Anchor app. We now return to another riveting episode of The Rutledges. When I was 17, uh, still a long way from sex. Any of the numbers, let alone 69. Uh, when I was, I was just getting out of my Christian rock phase when I was 17. Which, yeah, all my first, in fact, I think when I was 17, it was like the first time I bought secular music, which is like not Christian music. Because all my first, my first concert was Christian rock. Several concerts were Christian rock. You know, it's, uh, (laughs) it's bad. I mean, it wouldn't be that bad if it was just Christian rock, but it was still good. You know what I mean? Like good music about Jesus. It's not good. It was never good. I was playing some for my wife the other day. Because, uh, you know, the popular ACDC song, Highway to Hell. Well, there's this band called David and the Giants. Yeah, I did own them on vinyl. Saw them in concert. 
they wrote a uh, a rebuttal to that song, much in the same way uh, Leonard Skinner uh, wrote Sweet Home Alabama in rebuttal to a Neil Young song. David and the Giants wrote a rebuttal to Highway to Hell by ACDC called, you guessed it, Highway to Heaven. Uh, Christian Rock is really like, what if we took all... <laughs> What if we took all the fun out of music uh, and made all these songs about Jesus? Highway to heaven. I mean, really, all Christian rock does is make the devil seem really appealing. We're like, I think at least the devil, the guitarist, had some lessons. You know what I mean? These guys might be spinning eternal life up with uh, Jesus, but... Hopefully while they're out there, they'll have time to learn their instruments properly. I mean, there's no way Jesus doesn't prefer the ACDC song. That's just a good goddamn song. Jesus himself would say goddamn about that song. David and the Giants, uh, they should have kept that theme going now that I think about it. They should have done all rebuttal songs like... <laughs> You've heard of dirty deeds done dirt cheap? What about good deeds? Done for our Lord and Savior. That would go a little something like this. Good deeds done for Jesus. Good deeds done for Jesus. You've heard of the song TNT, it's dynamite. Well, what about JC? It's got us feeling all right. <laughs> you shook me all night long. I hope not before marriage. That's why we wrote this song called You Prayed With Me All Night Long. Uh, I was playing this song. Somehow my wife had heard this song too. Daryl Mansfield. I had it on vinyl. People always talk about like my older sibling got me into music. My older sibling owned some Christian rock. So, you know, could have been Bowie. Could have been the Beatles. Could have been ACDC. No. I started listening to my brother's Christian rock vinyl and really sent me down the wrong path. A highway to mediocrity. But uh, there was this song by Daryl Mansfield, and my wife had heard it somehow, and I hadn't heard it in years. It is hilarious. Uh... It's about Bible study. You might be thinking, I haven't heard a lot of <laughs> good rock songs about Bible study. Well, I'm going to play it for you when you're still not about to hear a good rock song about Bible study. I'm not going to play the whole thing because I assume you'll be dead by the end of it. But uh, just listen to this song by Daryl Mansfield. <laughs> Ow! 
Steady, yeah. I mean, wow. That song's so bad, Jesus is agnostic now. He's like, you know what? Thanks to Darren Mansfield, I don't even know if I believe in myself anymore. All I can do is offer light and hope to the world. And the devil has all the good music. What's that? You want to hear a little more? Okay. We really have a study, but we got to put a guard outside. If my folks come home, I'm afraid they're going to have a hide. There'll no more balloon before we go to. No more run-a-mill than the usual crew. Who cares? Let's have a Bible study, yeah. Let's have a Bible study, yeah. That army, come on. You got to put a guard outside because you're having a secret Bible study and your parents are going to get mad? Sounds like your parents are cool. I want to hang out with your parents, Bible dork. Wow. But yeah, that's... uh, I can't judge the youth of today too harshly for anything because uh, I was rocking out to that. Into high school. I mean, not that it was like my favorite song or anything, but like I didn't listen and cringe. I was probably 17 when I, like I said, I bought my first not Christian music. And I, I remember it was cassette. I bought, uh, I think the same day, but at least around the same time, I bought Billy Joel. Uh, I bought a, uh, by the way, not even like, classic Billy Joel, but like whatever new album he had, like around 1990. Uh, I don't even remember, you know, it, it wasn't like it had piano man on it. Uh, which by the way, if you, I don't even consider you a comedian. If you haven't teared up listening to piano, man, that's, that's our jam. When you're like the microphone did smell like a beer. People were like, man, what are you doing here? I'm too good for these shitty gigs. I saw a dead butterfly. Life is pain. Uh, I also bought Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, and I bought Black Crows. Uh, those are the three first non-Christian albums I bought. And uh, they didn't really stick. I also remember the first punk rock because I started hanging out with the wrong crowd. I started hanging out with some people who were 69 three, four times a week. And uh, the uh, kind of got into punk rock. I remember the first punk rock I bought was the Super Suckers, uh, which had hit songs like Retarded Bill. He's got a gun. He's going to kill. Kill someone. It was a different time. Okay. We could use words like Bill then, not like now with this political correct William horse shit. We could say Bill. A couple weeks ago, I was in a hotel room and uh, the people next to me were drunk and singing Piano Man, like at the top of their fucking lungs, just, you know. Just drunk off their ass. And, uh, you know. And then that song tailed off, and I believe they had sex. Um, It was over very quickly. 
I mean, I barely had time to consider masturbating. It was it was over. It was just over. I mean, faster than a piano man. That song was over. The sex was over. It was all over. And the waitress is practicing politics. Uh, a lot of people don't know the waitress that was practicing politics in uh, Piano Man actually grew up to be Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So, never stop dreaming, you guys. Never stop dreaming. Alexa, play Piano Man. Piano Man by Billy Joel, starting now on Amazon Music. Alexa, stop before I cry. I said, stop! Alexa, stop! Listen to me, Alexa! I'm begging you! Okay. I think... Now it's time for listener questions. I got this one uh, via, via, via. Do you say via or via? Uh, email, gabriel at gabrielrutledge.com. I don't even know who it's from. Nameless. Uh, uh, just watched Gary Goldman's new special, The Great Depression. Thought it was amazing. Have you seen it? <clears throat> well person whose name I don't know, but I will find you. Not in a scary way, just to thank you. Um, no, I actually watched, uh, I think I have a good sense of the special because I, I listened to Gary Goleman be interviewed uh, by Ron Bennington, which is a show I, I listened to on satellite radio called Bennington, but he does a thing called Unmasked where he interviews mostly comedians and gets deep. He unmasks them. And they talked about the special, so I think I got a good sense of it. And I actually watched about 10 minutes of it, and I stopped. Not be Look, Gary Goldman is a tremendous comedian. Uh, so it's not about that. And I do think, you know, the special is about having depression – um, which he had, you know, real bad. He got to the point where he got uh, hospitalized, institutionalized, and also had electroshock therapy. So that's not, that's a little past uh, the low dose of Wellbutrin, you know what I mean? Um, so I do think it's an important topic. I do think we're allowed to do comedy about important topics. Um, I sort of had an interesting reaction when I was hearing it because, um, I just didn't want to listen to a guy talk about his depression. And, but the reason for that is, again, it's not Gary, it's not anyone, it's, you know, look, I personally have had depression, sort of, you know, I was on medication for a little bit, uh, I, it has not been a lifelong battle with depression, uh, like a chronic clinical depression. But my wife has. And so 
the idea of uh, uh, bringing depression, no, excuse me, the idea of bringing awareness to depression, I think is a worthy one, but I also don't need to be any more aware of depression because I lived with it, uh, you know, as not the main victim, but the side victim of depression. My wife has had a lifelong battle with it, ups and downs and you know, it's been some brutal times in her life, also my life, because of it. And so even though it's very well done and even though it's a guy, you know what got me is is they showed his wife. Because uh, they the way they did the special is they intercut the stand-up comedy with, uh, like, real-life stuff. And, uh, you know, his uh, very beautiful, by the way, wife was talking about, you know, what it was like when he was going through these bad times, and I was just like, I'm done. I don't want to, I I don't, it's like, if you went to Vietnam, Platoon's probably not your favorite movie. Although I guess in that analogy, I would be the wife of a guy who went to Vietnam. Or, you know, if you just went through cancer, Maybe you don't want to watch a movie about cancer, and that's kind of how I felt about The Great Depression. I'm sure it's amazing. I'm sure it's wonderful. It's really resonating with people uh, who have depression, uh, but I guess I'm just not in a place to hear it right now. I'm just like, yeah, I don't, I don't feel like, uh, <laughs> I don't feel like feeling the pain of everyone right now. I think I'd rather feel nothing. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's kind of a roundabout way of saying I didn't see it. I am a Gary Goldman fan. Um, but, uh, and that being said, like, I guess, like, let's say Gary's wife made a special. She made a comedy special about living with someone with depression, even though that's more specifically my story. I probably wouldn't want to hear that right now either, you know, and it's not a judgment, uh, on anything I do, you know, I have a book where I get into some heavy shit. I occasionally dip into some heavy, I'm dipping into heavy shit right now, but on this podcast, but it's, yeah, it's funny. I just had, you know, I was watching, I watched like, I actually wasn't the very beginning cause I turned it on in a hotel room. Uh, it was close to the beginning. So I kept watching and then I, I was just, I just realized I don't, I don't really want to hear a guy talk about depression for an hour right now. It would make me depressed. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I probably will watch it at a different time. Um, but, uh, I mean, truth be told, I really, <laughs> I really was like, you know what? I got some shit I got to work through. I can't even watch a Gary Goldman special right now with getting, without getting uh, uh, some feelings I maybe didn't know I had. Uh, so, uh, maybe I need to work some of this shit out. Um, but, uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, and I, I, I do want to point out, it's not like when I was watching, um, it made me mad at my wife because she struggled with depression. It's not that. I'm not personally, if anything, I'm just personally mad at depression, I guess, because, uh, uh, you know, it can be pretty devastating to not just 
the person who has it. Um, so, uh, it's interesting how that uh, works because, I mean, you can literally buy a t-shirt that says fuck cancer because, uh, you know, if you have cancer and someone is mad at your disease, it makes sense. Um, and I guess maybe there's a shirt that says fuck depression, but if you are a depressed person and someone says to you, I hate depression, I think that sounds a little more personal. You know, that sounds a little more, uh, uh, there's just a different stigma to having depression than having a different kind of sickness. Um, so anyway, I, I should have just said, no, I haven't seen it. The, the, short, the short answer is I have not seen the Gary Goldman special. The long answer is, uh, you know, uh, my wife and I are coming, kind of coming out of a tough time, and apparently I'm not really ready to look back at the tough time. Uh, I need a little more distance. Um, hey, I got, an, uh, I got an Apple podcast review. If you would like to leave me one, please do. And I'll do this. I'll read it on the podcast. Uh, from Todd Royce, a great comedy podcast. This has become one of my favorite weekly podcasts to listen to. Not only because of Gabe's ability to tell engaging stories and entertain me for an hour, but because of the stand-up shop talk. I always recommend this podcast to friends in comedy, because while there are many podcasts where the art of comedy is discussed, this is the only one I'm aware of where the business of comedy is discussed. Also, it's good to know that I'm not the only person who jumped shampoo ship from Pert Plus to Pantene. <laughs> yeah, man. Todd's got long hair. You get it, buddy. Uh... Thank you, Todd. By the way, uh, Todd, uh, maybe if I'll find it. I'll put a link to it. But uh, Todd was on uh, – I follow Todd on Twitter, and uh, he was on uh, Kill Tony, which is a very popular podcast where – and video element to it where they – I think it's kind of – they roast people, but they have people perform comedy on there. And uh, I don't – like I said, I don't listen, but there's some sort of like if you do well, you get a golden ticket. And you get to go to the comedy store and do it there. And anyway, Todd did it when it was in Portland, and he fucking crushed it. Uh, he had a great set. If I find that on YouTube, uh, I'll put a link to it in the uh, podcast episode notes. But uh, thank you, Todd. I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate all of you. And uh, thank you for listening. Maybe you liked it, maybe you didn't. Um, either way, this podcast is free, and it's worth it. Talk to you next week. Alexa, play Billy Joel in Spanish. I couldn't find any Spanish songs, but I found some other music by Billy Joel. Would you like to hear that instead? Sure.